Jeannie Flavelle's Hot Commodity Podcast Series. Empowering clients with commercial intelligence, supply chain expertise, and risk management solutions. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Mike Coughlin, President and CEO of McKinney Flavelle, and today is May 26, 2023. And welcome to our Hot Commodity Podcast Series. This is for all you hard workers this week that are still in the office, and I'm joined today by none other than the commodity specialist for McKinney Flavelle, Eric Thornton. Eric, how are you today? I'm doing well, Mike. Yeah, we're still grinding away here on a Friday before a holiday. Yeah, you know, we we uh, we are dedicated to the podcast series and uh, providing all you listeners out there w- at least one a week, right? Yeah, for sure. Got to keep so, everybody updated with what's going absolutely. on. And hope everybody's out there and enjoying, uh, if you're already enjoying, enjoy your weekend, Memorial Day weekend, a long weekend for, for a lot of folks. And and the other thing, uh, Eric, are graduations. Yes. Uh, graduations for elementary school, middle school, high school, college. It's that time of the season. So congratulations to all you out there that are graduating and moving on to the next phase in life. Yes. The future. The future. The future is there. And uh, yeah, you know, Nate's uh, graduating from fifth grade and he's going off to school. So congratulations to you, Nate. That's a big jump. I remember those days. That's uh, you start to feel definitely a little more uh, older, I think, going from that (laughs) from that stage when you're that young. Yeah, it was a little awkward for me. I know it's surprising to all you (laughs) listeners out there. It was awkward years for Mr. Coughlin, that's for sure. (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, well, speaking of awkward, I don't know if that's yeah. a good transition, Eric, or not, but uh, we'll I work. thought today we would talk a little bit about weather and specifically a lot what that's been in uh, our publications and uh, in publications in general for commodities, and that's uh, El Nino. Yes. And I thought we could uh, give folks a little idea of what it is and how it impacts certain uh, certain crops and specifically the ones we cover. What do you think? Yeah, perfect. That sounds like a great topic to uh, to chat about today. It's certainly relevant, like you said, and obviously very influential for these markets that we cover since weather is a huge driver, uh, certainly for production and supply, you know, where we may see some changes, um, you know, this upcoming year and to next year with obviously this uh, change in the climate pattern, like you mentioned, Um There always is a lot of focus on whether we're in a El Nino or La Nina just because of the the influences that it has. So kind of a maybe a quick refresher of of what it is, is really looking at the stretch of water from South America to Southeast Asia in the Pacific Ocean. It's uh, one of the largest bodies of water and it has a very influential impact on the uh, jet streams around the world, really. So basically, when you're seeing stronger winds blow from the west uh, to, or excuse me, from east to west, from basically South America over to Southeast Asia, uh, what that's doing is blowing the surface water, the warmer water over towards Southeast Asia, and you get kind of upwelling uh, of colder water coming from the depths of the ocean, and that creates um, La Nina when you're seeing cooler than average ocean temperatures right across that equator in that body of water. And then the opposite effect of 
when the winds aren't as strong uh, and there isn't as much upwelling, allowing that water to, to warm up. And that's uh, what's referred to as El Nino, warmer than average water temperatures. So to, to be officially declared in either of those phenomena, it has to be either half a degree Celsius above normal, El Nino, or half a degree Celsius below normal, La Nina. So we've uh, just exited uh, this year our three-year stint with La Nina, which um, is the first multi or three-year La Nina we've had in about 20 years, so certainly an exceptional run and uh, obviously very influential for some drought conditions we've had here in the U.S., uh, parts in the West and in the Southern Plains in particular. But now we're seeing this very rapid change to El Nino, and we've seen virtually all year the models and the forecasts continue to move that time frame or that transition uh, earlier and earlier. So, you know, again, earlier in the year, forecasts were saying, okay, El Nino chance by winter. Then it moved up to maybe September, October. Now here we are today with NOAA's latest forecast saying there's an 80% chance that we'll be seeing and officially declared in an El Nino by July. Wow. So just uh, four months, or excuse me, four weeks away until we get to July and, and a 90% chance that we have El Nino through the winter. So it seems very likely we're going to get there. And there's a, also a belief that this one could be quite strong, uh, a moderate to strong El Nino. And that's a, a delineation of uh, plus one and a half degrees Celsius. And that would be declared strong El Nino. And mm. I talked with Sean about this, I think, two months ago. And it's probably something you're going to hear in the news if that does start to develop in the months to come is this quote unquote super El Nino, kind of like some scare tactics like we uh, see too often, I think, in the news media outlets these days. But really, nothing to be fearful of. Um, and truthfully, in our markets that we follow uh, here in, in uh, the, U the U.S. in particular and in South America, El Nino is usually very favorable for, mm. for moisture. And obviously, more rain means more grain. Uh, yeah. We typically see some of our largest crops during El Nino years. And uh, it's a little too early, at least this transition we're going through now, to dramatically influence this summer's weather. But Certainly, you know, we've already, I think, seen some signs that El Nino is sort of flexing its muscles. Uh, the last couple of weeks, we've had better rains in the Southern Plains. That's usually a, a big indicator of, of El Nino-like conditions is, is moisture right in the south, south along the Gulf. Uh, we typically see El Nino impacts most felt during the winter months. So again, probably not something to see this summer, but definitely I think we get closer to winter, we're going to see more moisture, you know, from west to east. That probably means more snow and rain for, for Mike and his friends out in California. Mm -hmm. It also uh, likely eliminates or dramatically reduces the drought in Kansas that's just completely plagued the uh, hard red winter wheat crop. And um, we, should, we should continue to see that drought monitor improve in the long run and right through uh, winter and into Q1 next year. Mm. Um, so that's a little bit kind of where we're, where we are today. And again, kind of uh, on the topic of weather, really in the, in the more short term, 
it has been a little bit more of a focus on the markets, uh, particularly corn and mm-hmm. soy and wheats. We're, we're actually kind of in the fairly dry outlook now the next two weeks, right through about mid-June. So we've seen corn prices uh, push a little higher this week, uh, near one month highs. So that July, which is the uh, spot contract here, July futures contract is back above $6 a bushel to 603 we saw, you know, new crop December 23 corn futures briefly slip below $5 a bushel as of close last Friday. We're looking at that contract now back up to uh, $5.30 per bushel. Uh, so market's going to be factoring in a little bit of premium. Um, again, I think the crop is considered off to a, a good start and, and really uh, overall uh, early except for really North Dakota that's still continuing to lag behind pace. But, um, you know, we're kind of in that time frame of year where mm-hmm. weather risk premium starts to come into these markets. And thus far, we haven't really seen it. Um, we've kind of acted a little bit more abnormally with this sell down and reaching multi-year lows. But here we are, I think, with weather now uh, being more of a storyline here, at least as we turn the page to June, it does appear that mid-June offers maybe some rain chances, but, you know, looking that far out, the confidence is a little bit low since we're, you know, two, two and a half weeks away from that time frame. But I think until we see rain in the forecast, we're probably going to see prices pretty firm, if not continuing to move higher. Um, but ultimately, you know, I think longer term, late this year into next year, especially with El Nino around, we should see much, much improved conditions in North and South America. We should see a rebound down for Argentina after they were decimated with drought this past year. So definitely topical, influential, seems like a high confidence level that it's going to happen. And, you know, arguably one of the reasons why the markets have uh, continued to trade lower in this, in this time frame in the calendar. So, you know, with that said, I'll, uh, I'll probably just throw it back to you, Mike. And I know you've, Covered cocoa from a distance, at least, and and still keep tabs there. Uh, Jeffrey's obviously our lead, but El Nino, at least while talking good on North and South America, we should probably highlight where it's not so good, like like cocoa. Yes, and that is cocoa. And uh, I'll tell you, it, it it can be pretty devastating on the production there in West Africa. Uh, with the Ivory Coast and Ghana, uh, certainly a lot of dryness and a lot of, of more severe weather. So it, it definitely impacts it. Uh, and it also impacts uh, uh, Southeast Asia and Indonesia yep. uh, with the monsoons, heavier monsoons. So we'll have to keep our eye out on the cocoa industry. I know that um, uh, a lot of you listeners out there are, are uh you know, very attentive to that marketplace. And uh, certainly uh, speaking at, from a speculative standpoint, the uh, non-commercials are get very active when they hear, yep. start hearing <laughs> El Nino conditions and they'd love to drive that market uh, either way. Uh, some would say up a lot more than down. So uh, we'll definitely have to keep our eyes close to what happens there, especially if it's a super uh, El Nino. Absolutely. All right. Uh, is there anything else we want to cover or let folks get, you know, I, you have a new pool, don't you, Eric? And you, you're going to have to yes. learn how to clean that thing and get it ready yeah. to go for summer, right? That's right. Yeah. We were just talking before we started and, uh, you know, taking the, the cover off, making sure I get the, you know, the pump running correctly, get that yeah. chemical balance flowing. So it's my first go at uh, maintaining a pool. So maybe in a 
a few weeks, we'll check back in, see how it's going, or is it is it green or is yeah. it clear? <laughs> yeah, well, Uncle Mike can come over and do a cannonball. That's that, I can do oh, that. Oh, perfect. For you. Bring but, Nate uh, too. Yes, absolutely. And for those IQ subscribers, make sure you're checking out our our, uh, blog feed and our our analysis on weather conditions as we move forward. If you're not an IQ subscriber, uh, please reach out to us at mckinney-flavel.com and we'll put you on a test drive uh, so you can get the latest and greatest of what our analysts think on a lot of different commodities. So with that said, I hope everybody enjoys their Memorial Day weekend. As I always like to say, live with an attitude of gratitude. Enjoy every minute, moment with your friends and family. And until our next podcast, take care, everybody. That concludes this podcast episode. For expanded commentary and more detailed information, log on to McKinney Favelle's IQ Ingredient Intelligence Platform and listen to our Market Insights podcast. If you're not a subscriber, visit bikini-favel.com for more information. And as always, follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter.